Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Hey, how'd y'all do with that whole losing an hour of sleep last night thing? Isn't this just y'all's favorite weekend of the year? Uh, there are two Sundays out of the year, one that is probably my least favorite just because you lose that hour of sleep. That's the only reason why. And then in fall, man, you get that extra hour of sleep. How about that, huh? We got a long ways till then, though. That's, but, so look at your neighbor and say, wake up. All right, so all good. Did everybody have their coffee? We're ready to roll this morning. Uh, I want to take a quick moment to welcome anybody here who is a first-time guest. Uh, my name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the pastors here at Journey. It's good to have you with us today. And let's go ahead and welcome those who are joining us online right now. Uh, we always have a bunch of people who tune in online, and it's great to have them join us every Sunday and be a part of the service live. Journey Church, let's give them a great big hand clap this morning. Let's welcome them. I love it. Now, uh, I've had a lot of people ask about this, so I want to go ahead and tell you guys what we are going to do this year regarding the great egg hunt. Everybody always gets excited about the great egg hunt. We've had it for the last 10 years. Uh, we have had it in two locations. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a blast with that. Love it. One of my favorite outreaches. And last year, we hit a snag. Last year, we had 100,000 candy-filled Easter eggs, and it got so wet out at the egg at the fields where we normally hide all the eggs, we, we couldn't do it. We said, you know, we got to make a call here, and we actually canceled the great egg hunt last year. But what I told you guys was when life hands you lemons, you make... No, that's wrong. You make lemon meringue pie because it's a whole lot better, okay? <laughs> and what we did was we made 2,000 of uh, the Great Egg Hunt home kits, and we went out into the neighborhoods here in, in Central over in Watson and passed them out. And i got to tell you what, the reports that we heard back from that, the people who were just had a great time engaging people, praying with people, people asking about the church. I mean, it was just an unbelievable outreach. And you know what, as the church, isn't that what we should be doing? I mean, just engaging people and interacting with them. And so this is what we decided to do last year. We've got 100,000 Easter eggs that are going to be ready next Sunday for you guys to take them home, fill them up with candy, and then bring them back. And we're going to make another 2,000, 2,500 home kits and instead of hosting the Great Egg Hunt at two locations this year, we're going to get together here that Saturday morning, Easter weekend, uh, about 9, 10 o'clock. You'll have more details that will be coming. And we're going to go out into the neighborhoods again, and we're going to have a great time engaging people and praying with people and just inviting people to church. There's quite a few people that I've met since last year that came as a result of that outreach, and we want to be effective in reaching people for Christ. you agree with that? And so next Sunday, y'all get ready. Those eggs are going to be going home. And I, this is what I ask for you as your family gets involved and y'all fill the eggs with candy to be praying over those eggs, that God would use them as a way to be able to reach people for Christ. And so that's what we're doing this year with the great egg hunt. Look at your neighbor and say, that sounds like fun. Now, here's what I want to do. We are jumping off into a brand new series today. It's called About the Heart. And uh, this series is going to be a lot of fun over the next several weeks. And one of the things I want to talk about to you before I jump off in this series today is that we are, uh, today we're going to talk about the foundation of this series. We're going to talk about how is our heart? What does it look like? What are some things that God maybe has been dealing with me about in the past uh, few days, weeks, months, whatever, but where's my heart also at today and what does God want to change in me? And then as we get into this in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some things that actually will assault our heart. In other words, things that this world sets us up with 
that'll kind of gain a foothold in our heart and are not, is not really that healthy for us. And one of the things that we wanted to be able to share with you guys, one of the things that I have noticed is that the day and age that we live in, uh, we live in a very materialistic society. And so many times we get caught up in, in the rat race, and, and it's one of these things that eats away at our marriage, our family, and, and it's one of the reasons why I believe that financial issues are the number two-sided reason for divorce in this country. And so Stacey and I actually got a book back at the beginning of the year that is probably in my top 10 list of books that I've ever read. How many of y'all have ever heard of a gentleman named Robert Morse? Anybody? Okay. He wrote a book years ago called The Blessed Life. Great book. And he's come out with a, a sequel to that book. He actually says this is more of a prequel. He wishes he had written this book before. And the book is all about God's plan to overcome all financial stress. How many of you in this room have ever been stressed about your finances? Anybody? Okay. I, I know. We, we've been there. And you heard me back in January talk about finances was one of the issues that the Lord was dealing with us about as we moved into 2019. Just some things that we've been challenged in, some areas, some goals that we had that we really wanted to be able to meet. Then we got our hands on this book, and this book really challenged us. Uh, not just here, uh, not just Stacy and I personally, but also with the church as well. And, and so what we did was we said, you know what, because this book is all about stewardship. It's about principles that we can apply to our life to be better stewards of the things that God places within our hands. It's going to talk to you about budget. It's going to talk to you about wise choices and all those types of things. And this book's called Beyond Blessed. Uh, and, and so here's what we did. We, we got a, a bunch of copies of this book. And we're, we're not going to sell them to you, okay? Because I know a lot of times churches, they have books like, hey, we're going to sell you these books, $20 a copy. I felt that this book was valuable enough and it, for what it did for me and Stacy, and really challenging us. Uh, and, and the way that the Lord just really stirred our heart, we said, you know what? We want to invest in these books for our church family. And so what we did, actually, uh, we went and bought a copy for every uh, household in Journey Church. And so today on your way out, you're going to pick up one of these. Now, now, bear in mind, this is not per person. This is per household, okay? And so in our household, we have four. And uh, so that doesn't mean we go get four books. That means we get just one, okay? Uh, and so here's what I want you to do. Take this book home. Read it. I guarantee it's going to be a blessing to your life. It's an investment that we decided as a church to make into the church family. And I know that if it's, gonna, if it's what it's done for me and Stacy, I know that it'll be a blessing to your life as well. So look at your neighbor and say, that's awesome. And so take that book. I don't want to throw it because I don't want to hurt somebody. But uh, on your way out, they've got a table set up in the foyer. And here's what we did. We set aside a certain amount of books per service. And if we happen to run out, they've got a list out there. They'll take your name and, and they actually will, will get that book. Now, here, here's the thing. I know what you're thinking. Like, oh, okay, it's a book about finances, right? Is, is, that, is it trying to get us to give more to the church? No, that's not what the book is about at all. I would never do that to y'all as well. And, and so here's what the book is about. It's really about stewardship, okay? It's about managing what we have in our hands. Are we going to be a good manager or are we going to be a bad manager? And so he really defines a whole lot of that within the book. And it is awesome. Everybody say, yeah. All right, so here's what we're doing. Take out your Bible, go to the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. This is where we're going to start at, and I'm just going to go ahead and lay this out for y'all right now as we jump off into this series this morning called About the Heart. This message today is going to be a little bit more serious in nature. I know a lot of times when we have messages, you guys, I know y'all like to hear jokes and stories and all that kind of stuff, but the, the subject matter of this message today is somewhat very serious because it deals with our heart. 
And today what I want to ask you is the foundation of this series, and this is what it all looks like, is how is your heart? I'm not talking about your physical heart. Some of y'all might be like, well, I'm on blood pressure medication, you know, cholesterol. Okay, whatever. I get all that. How's your heart spiritually? What does it look like spiritually? There's some things that are lurking inside of your heart that need to be dealt with. Because today as we jump off into this message, you need to understand that it is very easy for things to take up residency within our heart. And if we don't deal with those things, they begin to grow. Things like anger and bitterness and sin and all these different things that come along. And it starts off as a little thing and it quickly becomes a big thing. And if you remember what we were talking about in our marriage series, we talked about the little foxes that can spoil the things in life. One of the things that you need to understand is it's the little things within your heart that quickly can can become big things within your heart. And so the question for all of us is this, how's your heart? What does it look like? What's going on inside of there? What is the health of your heart spiritually? You might say, well, I don't understand why you're asking this, Pastor Jay. Well, I'm asking this because the Bible deals with the heart over and over and over. You saw some scriptural references in our bumper video that we just played a few minutes ago. But the Bible actually addresses the heart almost around a thousand times it speaks of the heart. You go into the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, the word for heart is labab. And it's actually talking about the inner part of us that, that God deals with. You go into the, the New Testament, the Greek, and that's where you get the word cardia. Uh, that's where we actually get the word cardio. How many of y'all love some cardio up in here? Uh, nobody. Uh, and you also get the word cardiac. It's derived from this as well. But that actually means the center of all. And basically, both of these words are talking about the center of who we are. Without the heart, you can't live, am I right? And so that's why it's important for us to deal with the heart. And throughout Scripture, we see that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to examine our heart, to look at our heart, to to deal with our heart. But we also see it's important for us to guard our heart. Because there's a lot of things in this world that will assault our heart and come against our heart and try to gain a a foothold. You know, I say, "Well, well, why? What is the big deal about this, Pastor Jay? Well, here we go. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Solomon writes and he says this, above all else. Now you might say, well, that, you know, it's just three words. But look what he's saying there. He's saying, look, there's a lot of things in life that are important, but above all else, you better guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Now what does that mean? What does that scripture come down to? Well, here's what it comes down to. Everything in life stems from the heart. How many of you in here have ever had a good day? Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, I don't know what to tell you, okay? <laughs> we, we have good days where we're just walking through life. We're like, man, everything is amazing today. You know why you got a good attitude? You know why everything's going great? Because it started where? In the heart. How many of you in here have ever had a bad day? Mm, okay, you walk through life, you're like, get away from me, you know? Where did that stem from? The heart. Everything starts in the heart. When you wake up in the morning, I don't care which side of the bed you decide to wake up on, you have a choice to make that day. Am I going to have a good day or am I going to have a bad day? And even though life might bring you all kinds of bad things, you can choose to still have a good day and a good attitude as the Holy Spirit leads you and directs you, and it all stems from the heart. We we talk about finances. I'm convinced that everybody wants to be generous. But here's the thing. So many times bad practices that we have followed 
keep us from being generous. So you might say, okay, well, if somebody wants to be generous, where does that come from? It stems from the heart. But also if somebody is stingy, if somebody is selfish, that also stems from the heart. I remember whenever I was a kid, one time my sister, she came in and she said, can I have some of those cookies? And I said, absolutely not. And she said, mom. And I said, you hush up. So you're not getting any of my cookies. Let me show you how. And I took them all and I licked every single one of them. <laughs> that was wrong. That was stingy. But you know why I did that? Because it stemmed from the heart. Everything in life stems from the heart. And that is exactly why Solomon says, hey, above everything else in this world, you better guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. God's got good plans intended for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for what his will and plan is for you. But if you don't watch it and you don't guard your heart, you'll have little things that begin to set themselves up and gain that foothold. And the next thing you know, your heart is in a bad place. How's your heart? Is it healthy spiritually? Is there unforgiveness in your heart? Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. I understand, but the Bible very clearly tells us that if we want to receive God's forgiveness for our life, we have to be willing to let those things in our heart go. we got to be willing to forgive. Is there sin in your heart? Hey, Pastor Jay, everybody sins. Well, you're right. The Bible does tell us that we've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. But what's the excuse going to be for that one day when we stand in front of God? We need to deal with the things that are in our heart. Instead of holding on to them and justifying them, let's confess and move forward and allow God's best to take place for our life. Because everything stems from the heart. And so, I get it. I know it can be uncomfortable to talk about this. It can be uncomfortable to really examine the heart. Pastor Jay, those things are just better left alone. Why do I have to deal with that? Why do I have to examine my heart and allow the Holy Spirit to, you know, change that part of my life? I don't really want to go there. And I, I get it. I know that it's uncomfortable. It's like going to the doctor. Who in here loves going to the doctor? Okay. Come see me after church. I'll pray for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? When we go to the doctor, especially as, as guys, it's something that we try to avoid at all, all measures. Am I right? And a lot of times, if you're anything like me, when you do go to the doctor, you just give them the cliff notes, the points, A, B, and C, okay? How do you feel? Pretty good, okay? Is there anything that's bothering you? Not really. Why are you here? Just to see you and get my wife off my back, okay? So we go through that, and we're, we're terrible at, at really going through an examination. But I, I shared with y'all, I think it was last summer, that I had gone to the doctor, and I, I shared the bullet points with him. And went home and nothing had changed. And Stacey said, well, did you tell him about this and this and this and this? And I'm like, no, he doesn't need to know all that. And she's like, well, how's he going to, you know, make you better if you don't tell him those things? And I'm like, well, I believe the, the Lord will heal me, okay? <laughs> so the bottom line is this. She said, okay, we're going back to see the doctor. I'm going with you. And now every doctor's appointment, she goes with me. And <laughs> she tells him everything, Okay. And so he, here's the thing, I get it, I understand that it can be awkward, it can be uncomfortable to really allow the Holy Spirit to probe down deep within our heart and to begin to deal with the things that are there, but so many times this is the, the effect of us not allowing that to happen. We look great on the outside, but on the inside we're a mess. We do a good job of putting on a front, but on the inside we're falling apart. It, it reminds me, you want to talk about physically, one of the, the stories that I remember from whenever I was growing up was, y'all remember Pete Maravich? Yeah. Pistol Pete? Man, he was awesome. 
I, I think he might still be the, one of the leading all-time you know, scorers in the Division A basketball. 44.5 points per game. He was absolutely amazing. The, the picture of health and dropped dead of a massive heart attack while playing a pickup game with some friends one day. On the outside, man, he looked great. But on the inside, there were some issues. And here's the thing. We think, oh, Pastor Jay, what's the big deal about unforgiveness? What's the big deal about anger? What's the big deal about holding on to, you know, hurt and rejection? And what's the big deal about holding on to sin and letting that, you know, be in my life? Eh, it's not a big deal. Everybody deals with these things. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Those things eventually begin to eat away at the inside of you. They begin to, to do damage within your heart. And the next thing you know, you don't trust anybody. And the next thing you know, that sin has gotten bigger. And the next thing you know, you, you, you've got a wall between you and God because you, you don't give forgiveness out to other people whenever they hurt you. So, how's your heart? What's your heart look like spiritually? Well, what's taking up residency inside there that needs to be dealt with? Because I'm going to tell you something, the unresolved issues of your heart, they're going to work their way to the surface eventually and they're going to betray you. What do you mean? What I mean is eventually you're going to get caught in a moment where there's pressure applied to you and what's inside of you is going to come out of you, okay? You take a tube of toothpaste and squeeze it. Does ketchup come out? Better not. That's gross. <laughs> toothpaste comes out. Why? Because what's inside the tube? Toothpaste. Unless you're weird and put ketchup in there, but seriously, what's inside of you is going to come out of you. If you've got unforgiveness and anger and bitterness and, or sin in your heart, guess what happens whenever pressure is applied to your life? Those things pour out of you. And eventually, no matter how hard you try to cover it up, no matter how hard you try to look the part, eventually what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Jesus actually talked about this. If you have your Bible, go to the book of Matthew. We're, we're going to camp out there for just a little bit because he talked about this. And we need to understand that we need to check our heart on a continual basis and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our heart to change us so that what comes out of us in those moments whenever life gets hard is not the things of the world, but it's the things of God. His character, His nature, His love, the fruit of the Spirit, as the book of Galatians puts it. So you say, well, why the big deal? Why the emphasis on the heart, Pastor Jay, in this series? Because God's concerned about the heart. Remember, he talks about it a whole lot in the Bible. And you might think that you're doing a good job of covering it up and, and making everything look great in front of him. But Jeremiah 17, 10, don't, don't turn there because this is the message translation. But the Lord tells us what happens when we try to, you know, cover things up. He says, but I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are not as they pretend to be. Now, let me just tell you what. That's a scripture right there, literally, where the Lord just kind of like just pow, just kind of slaps you. Like, hey, you, you can do a good job of pretending you're this, that, and the other, but I really know what's going on inside of there. How's your heart? What's happening in here? What are the things that need to be dealt with? Because everything stems from the heart. Husbands, how you treat your wife, it starts right here. Wives, how you treat your husband, it, it's right here. How we interact with the Lord and how we grow in our relationship with him, it's right here. 
It's about the heart. How's your heart? What's going on inside of there? And you might say, well, Pastor, why are you bringing this up? Remember, God's concerned about it. But the reason why I'm doing this series right now is because this is something that within my own life, this is kind of the test that I give myself on a regular basis. How's my heart? What's going on inside of there? Lord, what are the things you're wanting to change in me? And guess what? Sometimes the things he tells me, it's, it's a little uncomfortable, but if I have a choice. Either I can deal with it and overcome it, or I can just leave it there and be like, you know, everything's okay. And so I figured that if the Lord's concerned about her heart, and I figured that it was something that I do in my life on a regular basis, maybe this is something that we need to talk about on a regular basis, something we need to teach everybody to, to do on a regular basis. And so you, you go into Scripture, and you see in the book of Matthew that the religious leaders of the day, they weren't really all that concerned with the heart. They were just concerned with the look. And, and there were some commandments, Mosaic law, that were given to, to the Jewish people. The Lord gave them to say, hey, here's the commandments. I want you to follow these. And then the religious leaders of the day, we, they were called Pharisees, they took those commandments and they actually made a whole bunch of other rules to go along with them. In other words, they were like, look, there's the commandment over there. But so you won't break that, we're going to put all these other things in place to keep you from ever getting there. We don't want you to trip over that and break it. So we've got all these other gates and fences to keep you from that. And those gates and fences were called the traditions of the elders. And here's what that looked like. There were things like in the story we're about to go into... The uh, disciples one day, whenever they were preparing to eat, they didn't wash their hands according to the rules of the traditions of the elders. And so the Pharisees, they had issues with that. And this is what I think is really cool, because here's Jesus. He's here on the face of the earth. He's walking around, and he knows that they had put these rules in place, these traditions in place. And, and the Jewish people, that they you know, would do their best not to break them. But the religious leaders, they're walking around like a bunch of guard dogs, like, hey, shame on you if you broke that. And here's Jesus, who it seems as though he's paid very little attention to those traditions, and it almost seems like he kind of went out of his way sometimes to break them. And you're going to see why here in just a second. Because Matthew chapter 15, we see one of these events. Jesus and his guys, they didn't wash their hands. The, the, the Pharisees were quick to point this out. It gets a little tense. And Jesus, he takes the whole situation, he turns it around on the Pharisees. And actually, it gets really tense whenever he calls them hypocrites. You're going to see that here in just a second. And while the disciples, they're all excited, like, man, Jesus, he nailed them. He, you know, they're high-fiving each other. Uh, Jesus begins to speak to the people about the condition of their heart. Because everything stems from the heart. How's your heart? What's going on inside of your heart? Are there things lurking down inside of your heart that, that you hadn't dealt with? Is there unforgiveness? Maybe a friend, maybe a spouse, maybe... Uh, a sibling, maybe a family member, maybe a coworker. They hurt you deeply. They said some things, they did some things, and you need to forgive them and give that over to the Lord. Are you holding on to it and letting it fester in there? Is there sin? Is there things that you think, well, I'm going to keep that covered up, nobody will ever know. But remember, your heart will betray you. And when you least expect it, what's inside of you will come out of you. And so Matthew, 
we see this, Matthew. We're going to look at verse 15, uh, chapter 15, and we see this story kind of shape up. I'm going to read through several verses here. It says in verse 1, Then the Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Now, remember, this is the tradition of the elders. They didn't wash. And I'm just going to tell you, let's just stop for a second. I'm a hand washer, Okay. I always wash my hands before I eat. I'm kind of a germaphobe. That's something that, that you may not have realized about me. But it's true. I'm a hand washer. But for whatever reason, and I would recommend that the disciples wash their hands, but they didn't. And then Jesus replied, and why? Because he turns it around on them. Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Here's what, they're, here's what he's saying. Hey, the commandment from, was given from God to honor your father and mother, basically in their old age, to take care of them. And instead of taking care of them, you're taking the resources that would have been used to take care of them and honor them and you're saying that that's devoted to God and set aside, and that's okay not to do that. In other words, you, you've made a rule put in place that benefits you because of your selfishness. Look what his response is. You hypocrites. It gets tense. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In other words, man, you, you got the look of religiosity. That's what he's telling the Pharisees. But you got some issues in here. You're basically just a big old hypocrite. And so you can imagine that moment the, the, the Pharisees are like, what are we going to do with this guy? And Jesus goes on from there and he begins to address the crowd and talk to them and, and kind of, you know, tell them about the heart. And so here's the question for all of us in this room today. I don't know, you know whether you've been walking with the Lord for 10 minutes or you've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. How's your heart? What's going on inside of your heart? Are there things that you've got the, the look of religiosity, you've got the look of, man, they got it together, but on the inside you're a mess? Because I'm going to tell you something, the only one who can help you sort that mess out is God. And the one that he has given to walk through life with you and to convict you and help you and empower you and counsel you and comfort you is the Holy Spirit. And let me say this to you. If you've done this number with the Holy Spirit, eh, okay, then you're missing out on God's best for your life. What you need to do is say, Lord, I just opened my life up to you. And Holy Spirit, bring whatever you have for me. I want your best for my life. Change me, convict me, work inside of me so that I take on more of the character and the nature of Jesus Christ. It's exactly what he has for. So here's the disciples. They're all excited about what just happened. You see this story play out. And then somebody might look at that and say, well, okay, well, what's Jesus' point? He just nailed a bunch of religious leaders. But what's the point? And what the point is, is God's not nearly concerned about what goes in your mouth as what comes out of your mouth. Okay? Because what's in, comes out of your mouth is coming, where does it stem from? The heart. Everything stems from the heart. And you remember whenever I said a few minutes ago that your heart will betray you. That moment of pressure is applied to you. And there's things going on within your heart that you had not allowed to be dealt with. And that pressure is applied to you and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a curse word flies out of your mouth. 
All of a sudden, out of nowhere, an insult flies out of your mouth. All of a sudden, out of the middle of nowhere, you know, you, you, you say something or you accuse somebody of something or whatever because what's inside of your heart, it, it just betrayed you and it came out. And this is typically our response. We're like, oh, did I say that? <laughs> or here it is, where did that come from? I know where it came from. It came from the heart. Because I've, ha- I've had those moments. I know if I've had those moments, you, you probably had those moments. And you know what those moments in my life came from? They came from me not dealing with things in my heart and in my life. And things in your heart left undealt with, things within your heart left just to fester and grow, they will eventually betray you. The things done in secret will eventually come out into the open. And Jesus, he's addressing this. He's going on and talking with them about, hey guys, uh, you know, God's not nearly concerned about washing your hands and traditions and rules and all that. He's really concerned about dealing with the heart so that you become more like him. So that we reflect his character and his nature. And, and, And we see that in this story that God really has a concern for the heart. Now, let's go down, go down a few verses. Go down to verse 17 because Jesus, he shares this parable about the heart. And then this is what the disciples, I, I love this in Scripture. I'm going to read this. I don't even know if it's up on the, the screen. But Peter said to Jesus, explain the parable to us. And I love Jesus' response. Are you still so dull, Jesus asked them. It's kind of like, hello, McFly, is there anybody home? I, I like that. Verse 17, he says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? That's a way of saying what goes in comes out. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. In other words, what's inside of your heart is eventually going to come out your mouth. And here's what you need to understand is this very question. How's your heart? What's going on inside of your heart? For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Well, yeah, Pastor Jeff, I've had some thoughts before that probably didn't need to be there. He goes on. Murder. Wait, now hold on. I've, I've never murdered anybody. Never even thought about it. Have you ever wished harm on anybody? Have you ever wished that, you know, something negative would happen in somebody's life? Adultery, well, I've never done that either. I'm, I'm in the clear. You ever had lust in your heart? You ever looked at an image on a computer screen or in a magazine or whatever, or just somebody at the office and had thoughts that didn't need to be there? Sexual immorality, well, what does that mean? Are you having sex outside of marriage? Theft. I've never, I'm, I'm not a thief. I'm not like burglarizing homes. Have you ever taken office supplies? Have you ever gone through the supermarket and then you get home and realize, well, they didn't charge me for that bread. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. You ever taken something that didn't belong to you? False testimony. You ever lied about somebody? Gossiped about somebody? Slander? 
You see, here's the thing. So many times we categorize sin as it's such a big thing. Oh, that's, that's not me. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. But it's the little things that do so much damage. It's the gossip. It's the lust. It's the the sexual immorality where we say, well, it's it's love. It's the things that we do where maybe we talk about somebody behind their back. Those are the things that will take up residency within our heart and begin to wreck our life. How is your heart? Are there some things going on in there that I know it's uncomfortable, I know it's awkward, but you really need to allow God to deal with those things in your life. Listen to what Jesus says. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands, that doesn't defile them. In other words, if you want to eat your meal with unwashed hands, go for it. I don't recommend it. But quit looking at the things like that that are religious in nature and start looking at the things that really destroy your heart. And get your heart at the place where you are allowing the Holy Spirit to work on you and change you every day to be more like Jesus. How's your heart? What does it look like? Do you want a healthy heart? Do you want a healthy walk with God? Do you want to hear the voice of the Lord whispering into your heart? Because I'm going to tell you something. If you say, well, I really want that, but I'm going to keep on hold of these things, those things done in secret will eventually come back to haunt you. Your heart will betray you because those things will slowly work their way to the surface and begin to show themselves in character, nature, and speech. So how's your heart? Because God's concerned about it. And today, here's what we're going to do. I wanted to start this series off in this way. Because, quite honestly, all of us, I don't care who we are, we need to constantly allow the Holy Spirit to search us, to examine us, to work on us. And I know that today is probably maybe a little awkward, and that's okay. I'm here to love you, even though sometimes I might step on your toes. I'm here to love you with the truth of what God's Word tells us so that you can grow in your relationship with Christ. So I'm going to ask everybody in this room, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I'm going to invite the worship team to join me on the platform. And we're going to take a moment to just worship and honor the Lord because there's something about worship. See, that's what I've noticed. In my own personal worship time, that's whenever the Holy Spirit will nudge me in an area. He'll say, I want to change this, or let's deal with this, or you need to repent of this, or whatever it might be. And I have a choice to make at that moment. Am I going to hold on to that? Or am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to bring change to me in that area? And today, really want you to allow the Holy Spirit to work within you, to change you. Because we're, we're the body of Christ. We're the family of God. And, and today as we gather here and we look at this and we understand that everything, how we interact with people at work, how we deal with business uh, things that come up, how we interact within our marriage, within our home, with our neighbors, it all stems from the heart. Let's pray together. Father, you are good. We worship you and thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, thank you so much for the concern that you have for our heart. That truly in this instance we see in Scripture, Jesus is trying to teach us that we need to deal with our heart. And Holy Spirit, this morning, work on us, change us. Let us have a heart of repentance Let us have a heart that forgives people. Let us have a heart that doesn't hold on to things, but is quick to surrender those things over to you, Lord.
And before we go any further, every eye closed in this room, maybe there's some of you in this room right now, you need to surrender your heart to Jesus. Maybe for the very first time in your life. Or maybe you need to recommit your heart to Christ because your heart, it's gotten away from the Lord. And so today with every eye closed, every head bowed, wherever you are in this room, if you would say, that, that's me, Pastor, then, then pray this. Say, Jesus, today change me. I make the decision today to surrender everything that I am to you. Jesus, I, I know that there's sin in my life. I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I repent for the things in my life that don't need to be there. And Jesus, today change me to be more like you. I confess you as the Lord and Savior of my life. And today I choose to step into your family. Now today, during this time of worship, what is it that you'll let go of? Is there sin that you need to repent of? Is there a marriage that needs to be worked on? Is there something that's lurking in your heart that it's finally time to deal with? And you say, God, I forgive that person for whatever that might be. Is see, only you know and only the Lord knows. But before your heart betrays you, let's deal with it. And let's worship the Lord and honor him and turn these things over to him. Amen? Let's worship together.